Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. It's a new year, ladies and gentlemen, 2022. Today is the first Sunday of 2022. And uh, this, this morning might be a little different than what the past New Year's looked like, what the past first Sundays of the New Year's looked like. Normally we give a word at the beginning of the year. Um, and, you know, that we may go there. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I, I just, just threw out my prayer time this, these past couple weeks as I've been thinking about this Sunday in particular and, uh, and all, that, all that we do on this Sunday. I felt a little bit of a different direction than normal. And so, so we're going to take a little bit of a different journey this morning. Amen? You all ready? Amen. Well, let's start where every journey should start with the Bible. Amen? Psalms 119, verse 33 is where we're going to start. It says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. And here's the verse we're going to hang our hats on today. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your ways. Everyone say worthless. It's our word for 2022. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> worthless. And everybody said, amen. Oh my goodness. No, I'm just kidding. That's not our word. <laughs> worthless things. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your ways. The Passion Translation says it like this. Help me turn my eyes away from illusions so that I might pursue only that which is true. Drench my soul with life as I walk in your paths. Today's message is called, Don't Chase Empty Bags. Don't chase empty bags. And everybody said, what? <laughs> Don't chase empty bags. A few days ago, it actually was the Monday right after Christmas. My kids had gotten just a crazy amount of money for, you know, 10, 8, and 5. <laughs> And it was all burning a hole in their pocket. I gotten this money for Christmas. And so Monday we decided we were just going to take them out and have just a fun day. We went and saw a movie and we were going to just take them out for a full day of shopping so they could take that money and spend it. So we get out there, I would say early in the morning, but we're not really early morning people. So it was probably about nine that we left our house. <laughs> But we went out and we started shopping. We hit up all kinds of stores. The kids are buying presents or new toys left and right. Toys they don't even want, right? They just have the money in their pocket and it just can't stay there. So even though they didn't find anything they necessarily wanted, they had to spend it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, some adults have that issue. <laughs> That's for a different sermon though. No, they just had to spend it. So we spent the day buying toys and just different things. Went saw the movie. Spent hours in Kokomo just doing all of these things. By the end of the day, we were all kind of tired, a little bit grouchy, a little bit whiny, especially the parents were a little bit grouchy, whiny, ready for the day to be over. We hit our last stop. Our last stop 
is Meyer. Every time we go into Kokomo, we have to go to Meyer. It, we, we need to really just put a mailing address there at Meyer because we're there most of the time. But we're at Meyer. We're getting groceries. We got groceries. We got toys. We're walking back to the, our car. And uh, we're, we're walking back. It's a little bit windy outside, a little bit chilly. We're walking back. I begin putting all of the groceries and things in the back of the car. And the kids go around the side to go ahead and get in. Maylee opens the door and a bag falls out of the door and it's windy and immediately starts tumbling across the parking lot. And I'm in the back putting away groceries and all I begin hearing is this, this uh, travail coming from the side of the car and Maylee just begins crying and she's pointing and she's yelling. She's saying, my BB, my BB. Now I have no clue what a BB is, but apparently it's one of her new toys. And it's apparently rolling down with this bag across the um, parking lot. So I come around the side, she's pointing, she's yelling at this bag. And of course the hero dad rises up in me, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to let this happen, right? So, so I, by this point in time, the bag is already halfway across the parking lot. So I can't just, you know, jog after this bag. I'm full sprint, like dead sprint across the parking lot to catch this bag. So I'm running, I'm dodging cars, I'm doing all of these things, chasing this bag. By the time I finally catch up to the bag, I'm already through the parking lot. And we're in that, I'm in that space that's in between the parking lot and the highway, that grassy area there. And so I finally reach up. I take one last leap, catch the bag, open the bag, nothing in the bag. I turn around and look to see my family, my wife, my three kids doubled over laughing hysterically as they watch me chase after this bag. So I start the walk of shame back across the parking lot and through my head, I'm just thinking how many people watch me chase this bag across the parking lot. And I get back finally to the car and they're all still laughing. And Amber said that about the time you caught up to the bag, Maylee sits down in the car and goes, oh, here it is. <laughs> Chasing empty bags. So obviously, it's a metaphor. What, what is an empty bag? What does that represent? An empty bag is something that seems so incredibly important at the time. But when you begin to open it up, there's no substance. It's empty. It's void. It's something that seems incredibly important in the moment. In that moment, there was nothing more important to Maylee. And then because it was so important to Maylee, there's nothing more important to me than catching this bag that was completely empty. A bag is something that seems so incredibly important, but you begin to realize that it's empty, it's void. There's nothing in it. It's as Psalms 119 says, it's worthless. It's a worthless thing. It's an illusion as the Passion Translation puts it. It seems important, but at the end of the day, it's worth nothing. The, there is no profit to it. It's an empty bag. 
It's vain. It's futile. It's empty. So my question this morning is this. What are some empty bags that we've been chasing? When I was looking back on 2021, I could tell you some empty bags that I wasted a lot of energy and time chasing after only to catch it and to realize that it's empty, that it didn't fill the void, that, it, that, that I spent a lot of emotion and a lot of time and a lot of thought chasing something that at the end of the day didn't profit anything. What are some empty bags? The one I can think of immediately is offense. Becoming offended. It's an empty bag. You know, in, in my, my experience, offense really boils down to one of two things. Offense comes generally if somebody has said something to you or about you or they did something. And generally one of two things is true about it. Either one, what they said and did had some truth to it, but you didn't want to hear it. And because what they said has some truth to it that you didn't want to hear, it touches something and it causes you to have this feeling of offense. You get defensive about it because you don't want to deal with it. But in the, in the reality, what they said was true, right? So, so it could be that. It could be what they said was true and it's touched something inside of you that you didn't want touched. Or offense can come when they say something that wasn't true and maybe they even said it maliciously. But here's what I've learned with that. Even when they say something that's untrue and with the wrong spirit and attitude, what you have to realize is that it's not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on what's inside of them. So either A, it's true and you didn't want to hear it, but now that you have, you should deal with it. Or two, it's not true, and it's not a reflection on your character. It's a reflection on something that's broken inside of them, and then it becomes an opportunity to show grace and mercy. So that feeling of offense, in reality, is just an empty bag. It's not something worth chasing, because either A, it's true, or B, it's not true, and it's an opportunity for grace. Amen? Offense. Listen, I've done my fair share of chasing that bag of offense to find that I wasted a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of emotion chasing something that wasn't real to begin with. Proverbs 10, 7, or 10 12 says, Hate stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Hate stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you can relate to that, that you've chased that bag of offense and you've found that in the end, it was an empty, worthless bag, not worth chasing? What's another one? Maybe another empty bag, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness, and the Bible calls bitterness a poison. I've seen people make terrible decisions because of the bitterness and unforgiveness inside of them. 
Unforgiveness is an empty bag. It's an unnecessary, easy, curable cancer. And it's not a bag worth chasing. Amen? Another empty bag that we sometimes chase is jealousy or envy. Both jealousy and envy are rooted in being unsettled. Both jealousy and envy are rooted in being unsettled. I love what Paul says, that in every season, in every circumstances, I find myself to be content. And jealousy and envy is just a symptom of being unsettled in something. Trying to fill a void that only God himself can fill. Amen? It's an empty bag blowing in the wind. Here's a big one. I think for 2020, that was started in 2020, 2021, and we don't need to be chasing in 2022. Fear. Fear makes us do some pretty dumb things, doesn't it? I remember as a little kid, I was scared to death of the dark. I'm sure I wasn't alone in that, right? Any other kids that were scared of the dark? Cam, thanks, buddy. I was beginning to feel alone there for a minute. Gotcha. Thank you. I was scared to death of the dark as a kid, so much so that I remember pulling all of the covers over my head, barely able to breathe. I was laying in a puddle of sweat from just being under the covers, but refusing to come out from under the covers because I was afraid of the dark outside of the covers, let alone it was dark in, under the covers too, but that didn't matter. I felt safe for some reason. But I was scared to death, of, so scared of the dark that I put myself in a place where I was uncomfortable, uneasy, and, uh, and, and, and just, just in a bad place because of my fear that at the end of the day was not real and genuine. You know, my kids, uh, it's so funny how life just comes back full circle. Uh, my kids will yell every now and then that they're, they're afraid, that they're scared. They'll call, ask mom and dad to come up or they'll come downstairs and say that they're scared. And what I tell them every time, I ask them, what are, what are you afraid of? And usually it's something crazy. So they're afraid of a monster. Or they're afraid of, you know, this or that. And I look at them and I say, but is it real? Is it real? Well, no, it's, it's not real. So then why are you allowing fear to torment you? over something that's not real. You know, as a kid, we can use dark as an analogy, but as adults, there are a lot of things that we are scared to death of that the Bible calls vain imaginations, meaning it's something we've thought up and concocted in our minds that we're scared to death of and it paralyzes us. And at the end of the day, it's not even real. Fear is an empty bag that we've got to stop chasing. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Psalms 118:6 says, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out 
fear. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man proves to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. There is so many scriptures on this thing of fear in the Bible. In fact, I think most of you know the, that in the Bible, there's there, the, uh, the Bible has addresses fear 365 times in the Bible. You've heard this said before, 365 times in the Bible, that's one scripture for every day of the year. Fear is an empty bag that is not worth chasing. When we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on the inside of us, what should we fear? There is no pandemic. There is no virus. There is no thing that can happen to us in our lives that could that, that overshadows the goodness of the Father. And listen, we, some of you know in this congregation, can face some incredibly scary, real things in our lives. But when we have Jehovah Jireh, when we have the King of Kings, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Prince of Peace, who promises us that he never leaves us and never forsakes us. We have nothing to fear. The other night, Maylee woke up in the middle of the night, and you parents can relate to this. She woke up in the middle of the night and starts yelling from, from upstairs. And so I wake up to just this, this yelling. And so it just immediately startles me out of sleep, right? And I, I'm just not going to be able to go back to sleep. So I go upstairs, and I ask her what's going on, and she had a bad dream. And so I just laid in the bed next to her for a little while and just talked to her. And it's amazing what just the presence of dad can do. How immediately she goes from being terrified, screaming from this bad dream to completely calm, completely at rest. And, you know, we even were laying in the bed and we were talking and she, we were playing around with each other and she was giggling and having fun. She goes from being in fear to being in joy because the dad was in the room. There's safety in the father. And when we have him, we have nothing to fear. And fear becomes an empty bag. It seems so big. It seems so important. It seems like such a big deal. But in reality, it's empty. We have a father that never leaves us and never forsakes us. Amen. This one was last minute that I thought of right before service. But I think it applies so well to our culture right now. Another empty bag, foolish arguments. <laughs> foolish arguments. We don't have, I don't, I don't, I think we've got plenty of those around, don't we? Foolish arguments. Second Timothy 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 23 says, to avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. In 2022, can we make a pact to stay away from foolish, ignorant, useless arguments? Let's just stay away from foolish, ignorant arguments. Amen? 
That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Can any of you, let's, let's, I'm going to do something kind of abnormal. Can any of you think of maybe some empty bags that aren't worth chasing that maybe we've spent a little too much time chasing? Anybody? I see the look. Everybody's pondering. Empty bags. What are some other empty bags that we maybe chase? Praise of our fellow man. And to go along with that, comparing ourselves to our fellow man. Putting people on a pedestal that they don't belong. That's good. Any other empty bags that we chase that we don't want to chase in 2022? Mm, dreams we can't reach. Fantasies. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Let's chase the dreams God has put inside of us. Yeah, that's good. Any other thoughts? Someone else is calling. Wow, that's good. That's good. You know, that's part of what I felt like we to share today is, you know, normally on, on this Sunday, we give a corporate word for the church, but man, let's get a word for ourselves as an individual this year. We had a whole series on hearing the voice of God this year, right? Let's begin to practice that this year. Let's get a word from the Lord for ourselves for this year and chase after that word and not chase after somebody else's word. That's good. Amen. Amen. Let's chase after things that matter in 2022. What are some things that matter? What are some things worth chasing after? I wrote down a few of those things. Number one, our families. Let's chase after our families this year. Let's invest more time, more energy into our families into our spouses, into our kids. Our greatest ministry, let me say it this way, your greatest ministry doesn't come from a platform. Your greatest ministry doesn't come from even a class or, or an organized uh, outreach. Your greatest ministry happens inside of your home. Your greatest ministry happens inside of your house, inside of your home. It's raising your kids under the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There is no greater responsibility that we have as parents. That our families are our first and foremost responsibility to take care and go after them. And maybe you're in this room and maybe you're not married or maybe you don't have kids or maybe your kids are out of the house. Then here's what I encourage you to do. Invest in sons and daughters. Spiritual sons and daughters. Invest in somebody else this year. And you know, the world is crying out for moms and dads. The world is crying out for something that you have. I love in Romans, it says, the world is crying out for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. It's hungry for you to come along somebody and mentor them. So maybe, maybe you don't have a spouse, maybe you don't have young kids at home, but you still have a calling 
to reach out to somebody and show them and disciple them in the ways of the kingdom. So this year, let's chase after things that matter and people matter to the Father. So let's invest our time and our energies and our families. Let's invest our time and our energy and maybe a younger generation that is lost without fathers and mothers. Let's invest our time in other people that need to be discipled and shown the ways of the kingdom. That's something worth chasing, amen? What else can we invest in? A heart of gratitude. Let's chase after a heart of gratitude. Amen, Cameron? Come on. A heart of gratitude. You know, it's amazing when you have a heart of gratitude, how fun life is. When you're just thankful for everything he's doing and everything he has done in you. It's amazing when you focus on those things and not the negative things. It's amazing how it turns your life upside down. Let's chase a heart of gratitude this year. Amen. Let's chase the secret place this year. You know, I, 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 I taught a series, I think it was back in 2020, I, I preached a series called The Garden, Cultivating the Garden of Prayer. And you know, I've been itching a little bit to maybe bring that whole series back. So we may do that this year. But let's chase the garden of prayer this year. Let's be more intentional than we ever have before to make time for the secret place. For spending time with the Father where it's just you and Him. Let's invest our time in scripture this year and chase after that and be intentional about spending quality, deep time with the Father this year. Amen? Maybe, here's what I wrote here. Maybe we have been stressed, worn out, and feel powerless this year. And maybe that's because we haven't been cultivating the garden of prayer. I'm preaching to myself for that one in 2021. I could have done a much better job of cultivating that garden of prayer. And I believe that if I would have done a better job, there would have been a whole lot less stressful days. There would have been a whole lot more energy to give into ministry and into my family. There would have been a whole lot more that I would have been able to operate out of a place of power more this year if I had spent more time in the secret place cultivating the garden of prayer. So this year in 2022, let's chase the garden of prayer more than we ever have before. Amen. Lastly here, one other thing I want to chase, and it kind of goes along with prayer, is our union with him. How many of you remember us talking about this word perichoresis? Anybody remember that? Perichoresis. Perichoresis, if you don't know or don't remember what that is, perichoresis is a term um, that the old church fathers used to use to describe the unity between the Father, Son, and Spirit. It was what they used to describe the Trinity was this word perichoresis. And what perichoresis was, it was a, it was a dance 
that used to be, uh, would, would be danced back during wedding ceremonies and during joyous occasions. And what they did in this dance is they would weave in and out of each other. And it, sa- it was said that as they started the dance, it started off slow and it began to progress in speed. And it got to a point where it looked like all those da- dancing and involved moved as one being and one person, that though they were individual, Though they were separate, though they, were, they had their own unique personality and being, they moved and operated as one. And this is what the church fathers used to describe or how they used to describe the Trinity as perichoresis. That they are, though individual, they are totally and completely united as one. But here is the wonderful thing about perichoresis. Is that yes, the Father, Son, and Spirit share that together. But the amazing news is that through the blood of Jesus, we have been invited into that dance. That we have the opportunity to join in the communion with the Father, Son, and Spirit. John chapter 17 says it like this it says, I do not pray for those alone or these alone. This is Jesus talking but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I give to them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me that we may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and that I have loved them as you have loved me. My question, church, is this. If this is the invitation we've been given to enter into the, to the dance between the Father, Son, and Spirit, to become one with them as they are with each other, then why do we not practice this on a daily basis? Why are we not giving everything we have to be in union and to join in this dance between the Father, Son, and Spirit? It's the greatest invitation we'll ever be given to become one with them and then they become one with us. And so for 2022, let's be mindful of that invitation and let's chase after it with everything we have to become one with the Father and him become one with us, amen? Some of you may notice that these aren't really new things that we're talking about this morning. We've been talking about these things quite a bit for the past several years. And maybe some of you, the Lord has already begun working these things inside of you. And you've already been pursuing some of these things. Here was the other thing I felt to share this morning from the Lord. Philippians 1.6. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I don't know where some of you are, whether you feel like you've hit a plateau in your relationship, whether you've hit a plateau in some of these things we've been talking about, but I want to tell you and encourage you this morning that if he has begun a good work in you, he is faithful to complete that work inside of you. 
that if he has begun a work, I love one translation says that he is the initiator of the good work and that which he has initiated, he will see it to completion. He will make sure it comes to pass. And what I wanna encourage you with this morning is that even if you felt like you've hit a plateau in your relationship with the Lord, I wanna encourage you that the Lord has not given up on you. He has not left you. He has not abandoned you. And I believe that as we pursue him this year, that he will complete and finish what he has begun inside of you. Amen? He is faithful to complete what he has begun inside of you. So that's one thing I felt like I needed to declare over you this morning, that he is faithful to complete what he has initiated inside of you. But here's the other thing I feel like this word means to us in Philippians 1.6, that he will complete what he has begun inside of us. Like I said, normally at this time, at this service, we denounce a new word for the year that the Holy Spirit has given us. And so I've been in prayer these last uh, several weeks, just trying to discern, Lord, what's the direction you want us to go in 2022? And what I kept getting was this scripture. What he has begun inside of us, he is faithful and just to complete. So here's what I, here's what I feel like I've gotten from the Lord for this year in 2022. I feel like he is not giving us a new word because he has already given us several words in the years that pass that he is completing in us this year. I've shared this several other times before. In fact, I shared it last Sunday that I think a lot of times as human beings, we have a tendency to run to the new thing. And we do that, especially at the beginning of a year, right? It's a new year, it's fresh. We want something new. We want to run to something new. But I think oftentimes we leave behind something old that we haven't finished yet, that we still have some unfinished business with. And I feel like that's what the Lord is telling us this year, that he's not giving us a new word, at least not as, as of right now, that we don't have a new year to go into, but he is reconciling and bringing forward and, and highlighting, re-highlighting some old words that he wants to complete in us. And I specifically heard the, the last four words of the last four years Joy, encounter, wonder, and fulfillment. Joy. How many of you feel like you've been walking in fullness of joy? I know I haven't been walking in the fullness of joy that he has for us. Encounter. Encounter, encountering the Holy Spirit, encountering the Father, having those moments. Many of you know what I'm talking about. Those encounters with the Lord that mark you, that change you for the rest of your life. We're not leaving encounter. Wonder, being so awestruck before the Father that everything else becomes secondary. And our lifelong pursuit is to pursue that wonder that is in his eyes. And then in all of that, to find fulfillment in him and in him alone. See, I feel like the Lord is not giving us a new word, 
because we have all of these other words in previous years that he's still wanting to find completion and work inside of us. So before we move on to a new thing, let's revel in the words he's already spoken to us. Let's allow him to knead inside of us these things he's already been working on the inside of us. Before we take the next step, before we go on to the next level, let's stay back and begin to see fulfillment come in these words that he's already given us. Amen. And I believe this year is going to be a year of joy. It's going to be a year of tremendous, amazing encounters with the Lord. It's going to be a year full of wonder. It's going to be a year where we find total satisfaction, not in the circumstances around us, but on the inside where he dwells. And we'll find fulfillment fully and totally in the Father. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you don't ever give up on us. And Father, even when we feel stagnant, God, you are still there working inside of us. Just like the song says, that even when we don't see it, you're working. And God, I thank you, Jesus, uh, for the previous words that you've spoken over us in the past several years, God. God, and I thank you that you don't, you don't say words, and you don't bring us words like that just for a cliche, but Father, you mean them. These are real things that you want to work inside of us. And so, Father, we say yes to that process this year. God, we say yes to the process of the kneading and, and the molding this year, Jesus. God, and we, we refuse to move on to, the, to a new thing when you still have a fresh thing that you've already spoken that you're working on inside of us. So, God, we say yes to allowing you to finish the work that you initiated inside of us. Father, I pray that you would also give us a grace this year to not chase empty bags. God, give us a grace this year to not, as the Psalms 119 says, to, to behold, to view, to have our eyes focus on worthless things. God, help us not fall for the illusion, for the trick of the enemy this year. But God, let, let us dwell, as, as Philippians tells us in Philippians chapter 4, let our minds be on things that are pure and noble and praiseworthy and true. God, let our minds and our hearts be on those things this year and not on empty, worthless, vain imaginations. God, give us grace to run after and pursue the real things this year. God, let us walk in obedience this year like never before, listening and following your voice. God, I pray that this year we would hear your voice more clearly than we ever have before, Jesus. God, let us hear your voice and obey your commands more deeply and more real this year than we ever have before. God, and let this year 
be a year full of joy and peace and rest. God, I, I, I especially declare rest over our congregation. God, there's been a lot of heartache. There's been a lot of busyness. There's been a lot of things happening these past several years. God, I just declare rest over our congregation in the name of Jesus. God, we love you and we thank you that you are with us in previous years and God, that you never leave us and forsake us. And so you'll be with us throughout 2022. God, and we honor you with everything we have. We love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.